It's not every day that the average American gains an intimate insight into the lives of the figures which captivate the imaginations of so many individuals around the globe. Often they obtain godlike status, mythological beings, very visible yet unapproachable. This can be the case of, with any individual with any semblance of power. The goal is to bring these figures down to the level of the common man, to a much more familiar place, the place where the mediocre salesman goes to the petrol station every day to buy his favorite brand of cigarettes, camels, the place where the barfly is complaining about how the stools in the pub aren't as comfortable as they used to be, the place where Mabel always forgot to bring her reading glasses to the restaurant and so simply told the waiter that she'll have what he's having. Our story begins with the president, troubled by his final days in the White House, and stressed about how to spend his last Christmas there. I don't know what I'm going to do, Melania. It's my last Christmas in the Elf Abbas, and it needs to be special, not like those shithole other Christmases. No, no, it will be fine. I don't want you to stress out about this. I want just relaxing time with family this year. Melania, you don't understand. Sleepy Joe is going to be in this room soon, and I can never relax with that thought always in my mind. Donald, I don't want it to be like this. Baron hates when we argue. He hasn't spoken in six months. Imagine your father being president, but you're too afraid to, to speak because your parents will fight. Personally, I can't. I'm probably the most courageous individual you've ever met. And Baron's being a little bit of a pussy. <laughs> when wish upon star, she come to help no matter how far. When wish upon star, she come to help no matter how far. When wish upon star, she come to help no matter how far. Michelle Obama appears. Hey, Melania, what's up? Oh, it's awful. My donkey is very sad. I don't think he's, he is going to appreciate Christmas with his family this year because it is his last one here. I see. Well, you know, Barack had some of those same problems during his last Christmas here. Want to know how he got through it? What is it? Well, I asked him. What was something that he hasn't done in years that would bring him back? What did he want? He hadn't smoked weed in years and said that it would really take the edge off. Melania, you have to find your husband's weed. Thank you, Michelle. You've always been a good friend. Uh, Michelle, have you been telling that story again? I said not to do that. So Melania got an idea. She immediately ran to Donald to try to bring the family back together. <laughs> Donald, I know something that will cheer you up. What is it? I will let you sleep with younger women. It always make you feel better. Melania, it doesn't work with me anymore. I'm a changed man. I'm now a sapiosexual. I don't understand. That's why I'm a sapiosexual. I'm attracted to a woman's mind now. Well, I, I have a very large mind too, Donald. J'ai un très grand esprit. 
Yes, this is true, but I married you for your boobs, not your brain. Oh, Donald, I want you to be happy. I will find you the most intelligent woman in the world. Melania, not wanting to let her man down, went searching far and wide for a suitable candidate. She encountered many, but only two women were willing to shag the president. Donald, I've found you someone. Who is it, darling? You have choice between Hillary Clinton and Caitlyn Jenner. Thank you, Melania. You're welcome. Caitlin, you know I love you, but you're not my type. Well, thanks, Don. Let's get a coffee sometime. Absolutely. Let's do that. Hello, Hillary. Long time. No see. Always a pleasure when you're around. <laughs> Thank you, Donald. It's about time we met again, up again. Between you and me, I've always wanted to, to go to bed with such a hunk. Oh, Hillary. You don't know how long I've admired you from afar. Oh, Donald, you dog. Talk sexually to me, Hillary, and I'll lock you up. Half your supporters would fit in a basket of deplorables. That's right, Hill. I haven't felt this fantastic since I was on Epstein's Island with your husband. The remainder of the interaction between the President Trump and Secretary Clinton being excessively vulgar and obscene will now be explained in a way as to not shock the more sensitive members of the audience. The two former adversaries continued to spout talking points at each other, previously used in a derogatory fashion, but now in a sexual manner. Now let's return to these star-crossed lovers. Well done, Crooked. I've always had an admiration for you, and now, and now it's stronger than ever. Well, I should probably return to my woods now. I have to write another book about you. Don't go tweeting lock her up at me now. Ha! 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 Oh, you. Take care of yourself, and don't be such a stranger. <laughs> Bye-bye. Mr. Trump, always feeling much better after a visit from his old friend, picks up his phone to make a quick Hillary Clinton tweet, but suddenly he hesitates. He remembers a line that he heard one time. Christmas is meant to be spent with friends and loved ones. He didn't remember where he heard that, but he figured it was probably from a Hallmark card or something. He then tapped on the phone icon and called up his good old friend, Bill Clinton. Hello, Bill. It's me, Donald. Oh, hi, Don. How's it going? Frankly, I'm feeling quite tremendous, the most tremendous that anyone has ever felt. I just spent an incredible night with Hillary. Oh, really? Well, that reminds me of a story my father used to tell. Take my wife, please. Bill, you know I couldn't do that to you. All right, I had to ask. Anyway, what'd you call me for? I've been wondering, what ways did you have to unwind in the final days of your presidency? Well, Don, I think you know very well what I did. Well, yes, but could Don, do you remember what I was telling you that time on Little St. James? Which time? You know which time.
What were you telling me? Down in life, a man is standing sweaty and naked amongst a pack of other naked men. A state of harmony exists among them. Eventually a woman may walk through, disrupting the equilibrium that has been settled among them and breaking all social contracts created between these men. Anarchy ensues, and it becomes apparent that our main purpose is to fulfill these sexual urges that arise. All there is is sex. All life is sex. And all sex is competition. And there are new rules to that game. So you're saying that I should put cigars up girls' vaginas? More or less, yes. It doesn't have to be a cigar, though. I'm going to use a blunt in, in honor of the Joe Rogan debate that never happened. That's the spirit. Thanks, Bill. Where would I be without you, old friend? You wouldn't be president. <laughs> Back to you soon. Bye-bye. Donald found Bill's advice helpful. It intended to act on it the next day. Maybe he would call up Caitlyn Jenner. But first, he had to rest. He had had a long day of presidenting. Donald walked into the bedchamber and changed into his pajamas. Lonia was out of town, visiting Michelle, so he had the room to himself. He was just beginning to sit at the fireside with a glass of Chianti and some Schubert. When he heard a scratching at the door, stopped for a spell and looked over. The noise stopped, so he continued drinking. The scratching started up again. This time with an eerie howl. Who's there? But there was no reply. So he continued drinking. Suddenly, Anthony yelled out. <laughs> Let me in, Donald. I'm just a ghost. Bush, why are you a ghost? You're not dead. Yeah, but <laughs> I've been out of the limelight so long, everyone assumes I am. But what are you here for? Well, it's, it's not so much me that has something to say, but these guys. Abraham Lincoln enters. Hello, Donald. It's me, Abe. Yes, the Abe Lincoln. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I'm the ghost of Christmas honesty. Ronald Reagan enters. And me, the namesake of Reaganomics. I am in lore. Through the politics of Christmas, I will explore. Quoth the Reagan, nevermore. Jimmy Carter enters. And I'm, I'm just James Earl Carter Jr. I, I'm not bad. I... I just thought we were having a big presidential reunion of sorts. Get lost, Jimmy. We only voted for you for one term. Yeah, get lost. Scram. Only dead presidents are allowed here. James Garfield enters. James here Garfield, that's my name, survived six months with a bullet in my frame. The ghost of Christmas sadness, am I? Then before my last Christmas, I was killed by some guy. Listen, 
This is great and all, but this dream is getting far too weird. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. John Fitzgerald Kennedy enters. I guarantee this is not a dream. We're here to help guide you through the holiday season. We're not doing this because it is easy, but because it is hard. Do you know what it's like to return to the dimension where you were brutally murdered? Actually, I do. CNN has been saying some pretty nasty things about me. And frankly, it made me feel pretty terrible. Probably the most terrible that anybody has ever felt. Oh, will you just shut up, man? What do you... Why do you always have to reach for the top shelf with your words? Are there any intermediate ones that can describe your emotions, or does your mood swing between extremes? I get your point. Carry on. Donald, we're, we heard you were having a rough Christmas, and we're here to help. Well, actually, everything is just terrific. It will probably be the greatest Christmas ever. What about the first one, when Jesus was born? Well, maybe this will be second to that one. It's the greatest Christmas besides possibly the one with Jesus. Anyway, it's all it's all right now. I'll just talk to my old friend Bill. I'm going to go get some pussy like the good old days. Donald, come with me. Let me show you something. All right, James. James A. Garfield grabs Donald by the wrist and whisks him away to a distant time in America's history. for a month yet. Please, please tell me that he gets to celebrate one last Christmas with his family. I see an Oval Office inhabited not by Tippy Canoe, 
but by Tyler too, the first president to have an impeachment attempt directed against him. No, no, it can't be true. That's impossible. Search your presidential knowledge, Mr. President. You know it to be true. William Henry Harrison begins speaking. Sir, I wish you to understand the true principles of government. I wish them carried out. I ask nothing more. John Tyler enters. Of course, Mr. President. Well, those were not very memorable last words coming from a president, uh, James. Donald, those were magnificent last words. Don't you see? You need to accept that this is your last Christmas in the White House and then allow the next president to come in. Donald nodded in agreement. He knew that what President Garfield said was true, but he was not ready to admit it yet. Donald, I have something else I would like to show you. Donald, I have now taken you to Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station. It is July 2nd, 1881. I've only been in office for 100 days. What happened? Charles J. Guiteau enters. I am a stalwart. Arthur is now President of the United States. Did you die? Did you die immediately, James? No, I didn't die until September 19th. The wound was not fatal, but the doctors were. They tore me apart to find the bullet. The wound became infected, and I died of heart attack, hemorrhaging, and blood poisoning. You should have gone to Walter Reed. They have fantastic personnel there. The best. They're tremendous. Mr. President, doctors everywhere were unhygienic in those times. But anyway, it's time to bring you back home. Thanks, James. I'll be sure to mention you in my memoir as one of the greatest presidents. Donald Trump's alone in his room now. Hello? Where's Wilgo? Reagan enters. Hello, Donald. Are you ready? Donald? I want to show you that it could be worse. You could be struggling to have a good Christmas with a full-blown war going on. I'm now taking you to December 24, 1941. Mr. Roosevelt had a lot on his plate that Christmas, yet he still felt that need to wish everyone one damn fine Christmas. Franklin Delano Roosevelt enters. I spend this anniversary and festival far from my country, far from my family, yet I cannot truthfully say that I feel far from home, whether it be the ties of blood on my mother's side or the friendships I have developed here over many years of active life or the commanding sentiment of comradeship in the common cause of great peoples who speak the same language, who kneel at the same altars, and to a very large extent pursue the same ideals, 
I cannot feel myself a stranger here in the center and at the summit of the United States. I feel a sense of unity and fraternal association which added to the kindliness of your welcome convinces me that I have a right to sit at your fireside and share your Christmas joys. This is the strange Christmas Eve. Almost the whole world is locked in deadly struggle and with the most terrible weapons which science can devise. The nations advance upon each other. Uh, ill would it be for us this Christmas tide if we were not sure that no greed for the land or wealth of any other people, no vulgar ambition, no morbid lust for material gain at the expense of others had led us to the field. Here in the midst of war, raging and roaring over all the lands and seas, creeping nearer to our hearts and homes, here amid all the tumult, we have tonight the peace of the spirit in each cottage, home, and in every generous heart. Therefore we may cast aside for this night at least the cares and dangers which beset us, and make for the children an evening of happiness in a world of storm. Here then, for one night only, each home throughout the English-speaking world should be a brightly lighted island of happiness and peace. Let the children have their night of fun and laughter. Let the gifts of Father Christmas delight their play. Let us grown-ups share to, to the full in their unstinted pleasures before we turn again in the stern task and the formidable years that lie before us, resolved that by our sacrifice and daring, these same children share not be robbed of their inheritance or denied the right to live in a free and decent world. And so, in God's mercy, a happy Christmas to you all. Ronald, I'm so glad you brought me here. Franklin was such a terrific man, probably one of the greatest behind me. Don, I think you're starting to get somewhere now. I have something else I want to show you. Come on. We are now in the present at the primary winter home of Senator Bernie Sanders. This is a man that has been screwed so many times out of the Democratic candidacy that he's actually contracted gonorrhea. But look at how he's still able to pull himself up by his bootstraps after those defeats. Certainly it really is possible to ask no matter what AOC says. Jim? I don't know what to tell those damn college kids next door, listening to the rap and the hip-hop and the rock and roll. What kind of monsters party after 7 p.m. every night? I like to take my pants off, drink my milk, turn on Mathlock, and fall asleep by 8 o'clock. Oh, don't be so hard on them. They're really nice young men. You should get to know them. They're always very courteous to me. Well, they're still damn delinquents to me. I'm tired of schlepping their empty beer cans over to the trash can. Bernie, you need to not be such a stranger all the time. You should really try to meet new people more. All right, dear. Can it be sexy time for Bernie now? Yes, dear. Here's your Girls Gone Wild VHS. I like that blonde with the nice legs. She makes me feel good. I know, Bernie. 
well, I never would have thought of Bernie in that way. We really are more similar than I would have thought. I know what Blondie's talking about. I met her one time. She was tremendous. I wonder how she's doing now. Well, darn it. It just goes to show that things aren't always how they seem. Suddenly, Donald finds himself at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial, overlooking the National Mall. 
Abraham Lincoln steps out from behind one of the pillars and approaches the president. Well, Donald, I hope you've learned something. Even in this small amount of time you have left as president, you can't grow depressed. Try to enjoy this last Christmas with your family. Look out there at the city dawn. Those are the people that elected you. You can't let them down. I know what I must do. I must make amends to other people I've offended over the years, even though, frankly, many of these are actually losers, not winners. Many have said some very nasty things about me in the past. Listen, Don, you can't let your ego get in the way. Behave. All right, all right, I'll behave. And so Donald traveled back to his office, where he picked up his phone and started to call as many people as possible. Hello, Ted. I'm sorry for being mean. Well, that's okay, Donald. I'm glad you're saying this. In fact, I'm going to take this opportunity to speak directly with the American people. Ted, I have to cut you off right there. You're boring everyone, okay? I'm done talking to you. Hello, Rosie. I'm sorry for calling you ugly and fat. As a matter of fact, I've always, I actually find you quite beautiful and I've always had a bit of a crush on you. Well, thank you, Donald. That means a lot. I'm glad that you've... Rosie, I have a lot of apologies to make in that much time. I have to go... Well, okay. Mitch, I'm sorry that I've been taking you for granted all these years. I think you're a great guy and I love being around you because you make me laugh. Well, thank you, Mr. President. I'm, I'm just glad to have served as Senate Majority Leader with, with you for all this time. Hello, Nancy. I'm sorry for my behavior. Even though you've been very nasty to me, my actions were completely inexcusable. Maybe we can go get some expensive ice cream sometime. Mr. President, I, I can't accept your apology. You've been nothing but a bother to me. But because I'm a deeply religious person, I'm going to forgive you, although I still hope that you die. Hello, Ilhan. I'm sorry for spreading those rumors about you all the time. Even though they were all true, I've learned about the importance of friendship and all that crap. It is true that snitches get stitches. Well... Thank you, Donald. Although I still do not like you, I at least now respect you as a man. Hello, Carly. I'm sorry for calling you too ugly to be president. You're actually a very attractive, intelligent woman. Thank you, Donald. And finally, AOC. Ooh, you've been very nasty to me. Frankly, it was quite hurtful. But I forgive you. And I'm very sorry for how I've been talking about you. The only reason I'm not mad right now is because I know you'll be out of office soon. So long. No, Alexa. What day is it? It's nearly Christmas. Of course. Oh, Honest Abe's done it in one night. He brought me back to where we started. Wait, what? I would like to make a contribution to your Green New Deal. I Venmoed you $10 million to start off. 
I want you to go and buy as many solar panels for federal buildings as you can. The ones as big as me? Yes, it is Christmas after all. And buy yourself a Tesla too, my treat. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Hello, Doris. I'm afraid our time working together is drawing to a close. Well, Mr. Trump, it's been an honor working with you, but I've always thought that you were a bit of a douche. Well, I just want to thank you for being such a fantastic figure in the Brexit phenomenon. Absolutely classy. Well, thank you, Donald. I'm doing my what's best for my country. We're done here. And so Donald had made amends with everybody with whom he had had disputes with in the past. But there was still one person that Donald had to talk to. He went to a nearby coffee shop, which he frequented several times a week. It was there that he met with an old acquaintance. Hello, Sleepy Joe. Hello, Joe. What's groovy with you, man? I think that that's what the kids are, are saying. I just want to congratulate you in person and give you a few pointers. First, wear long pants here in the winter. It can get a bit chilly. Well, don't worry about me. I, I got hairy legs. Tremendous. Also, the women in politics here are not too attractive. Don't waste your time. Been there, done that. Well, Don, you, you realize I'm married, right? Oh, is that still a thing? I thought it was just a, a fling or something. Yes. And, and also, don't say anything about Mexicans being rapists. I learned that one the hard way. Thanks, thanks Don. Don't, do, do keep in touch. Joe and I will be expecting that when you write. Of course, Joe. I'll send my correspondence by bird, that is, Twitter, and homing pigeons, as well. <laughs> All right, see you later, Don. See you soon. Always a pleasure. And as his final Christmas good deed, President Trump legalized marijuana federally and accompanied by Joe Rogan, lit up a joint with several inmates recently released for non-violent drug charges. He then took orphaned Mexican children out of cages and adopted them as his own. He even flew Greta Thunberg over to America to speak on climate change. During the Christmas gathering, Donald gathered his family, now including 15 Mexican children, along with Greta and his political friends, to go caroling. I want to take this moment to thank everyone who made this Christmas so special. Mitch McConnell, Hillary and Bill Clinton, my lovely wife, Barack and Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, James Garfield, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, FDR, JFK, Joe Biden, Boris Johnson, AOC, Carly Fiorina, Ilhan Omar, Ted Cruz, Nancy Pelosi, Rosie O'Donnell, William Henry Harrison, John Tadler, Greta Thunberg, and George Bush.
today wouldn't be so special without them. Uh, well, thank you, Donald. Always a fun time with you, Donnie. Well, I suppose it's time to bury the hatchet. Soon you won't be president anymore. It was good to know you, Donald. It is during this time of year that we must come together, set aside our differences, and enjoy the holiday as, on, as one nation. <laughs> I agree, Jimmy. Let's all just enjoy Christmas. Now, I believe that it's about time that we listen to what Greta has to say in her Christmas message. Yes, I agree. Donald then picks up Greta and puts her on his shoulders. I am so glad that everyone has come together to help our planet. It is all I could ever hope for. God bless us, everyone. Uh -huh.